Some say he's a technical whiz. Some say he was born in Cornwall. While some say he's on a journey. It's the journey. And here's your host, David Hackett. I want another journey. And today's journey is the author of uh, The Secret You Hide Hold You Back. How Letting Go Sweetens Life and Makes You Free. That will be released, and I think it's released now. An innate writer to artist writing speeches in high school and even had one of her poems published in the unique historical collection, The Young Pegasus Anthology. Her professional writing career started immediately following high school, where she landed her first job in television news. I'm not saying any more because it was for her journey. But today we welcome Stephanie King Mattingly to the journey. Thank you. Thank you, David. I am I'm glad to be here. This is an exciting mm-hmm. moment for me. <laughs> yeah. And before we get into the journey, mm-hmm. it'd be okay, so I'm going to say, and you know what I mean by that. I do. I do. Thank you. So everyone has a journey. Everyone has a unique journey. Yours is unique <laughs> as much as anyone else's. What's your earliest memories? I touched upon what you did when you left school. But what's your earliest memories? My earliest memories? I have one early memory that pops up into my mind occasionally. And it is of riding in the car with my parents. I was in the back seat and... But I kind of sat forward in the middle between the two seats, trying to see out of the front window. And the windshield wipers were on and it was raining. And I remember that we were on our way to the Shrine Circus. We were on our way to the circus. And I just remember feeling so excited. Um, I felt excited being around my dad because he liked to make sure that I did fun things. And um but that's all I remember about that. Just the feeling of um, excitement and anticipation for the circus and being around my parents. It, it just felt like family. It felt like home. If I, it felt young. I don't, I don't know that I actually had conscious awareness that I was young in that moment, but it was new. I remember that. That's that's one of the things I remember. I have seen photographs of myself when I was little that kind of conjure up a familiarity. Like uh, there's a black and white picture of me at the curbside at our house. And I was on a tricycle and I had an umbrella, just a, a little white, roughly lacy umbrella. And... I had that umbrella. I think my mother got it for me because I had such an affinity for like <laughs> French art. How, how's that, right? At like five years old. But no, there were pictures in our house of women, uh, that kind of watercolor art. And they had beautiful long dresses and they had these parasols, these 
umbrellas. Yeah. And I had one. And I remember that. <laughs> I do remember that. And I still enjoy seeing images like that. Yeah. And it's always good when you do look back at photos <laughs> or memories, you know, like I think for the people who's listening in the background, there's a picture of, you know, collage with M in it. Now you can look at those pictures and you can say, I remember that day, I remember that day. So mm-hmm. looking back at early childhood memories, they spark a lot of imagination because you think, what did I do there? Or try and piece what you remember of that time frame. That's true. You can look look at images and, and, and recall pieces. But were you referring to something in particular behind me? or? or yeah, there's a... In the, on oh, the on the no, on the on the shelf behind you, there's a um, letter M above your head. Yes, that's right. Is. Is it that col- M? Yeah. <laughs> the two M's actually. One is a, a brown kind of a leather M that's sitting on the shelf, and way at the top, there is an M, and it is like a collage. My daughter gave that to. <clears throat> myself and my husband for our anniversary last year. She found pictures of the two of us uh, because we had kind of a whirlwind romance and engagement that played out on Facebook (laughs) over two years. And she took pictures from all of those fun times we had and uh, put them, she got this huge letter M, I guess from Hobby Lobby. and, And so we're on both sides of this big letter M just us being together, having fun, and, and that's why it, that's important to me. That's why it's in the shop. <laughs> mm. yeah. And I, I liked it yeah. because obviously, not at the audio version when it see that. So I'm just describing what it is because I want people to know that there is inspiration everywhere you look. It's like you got crows, you got a light bulb moment, you got a, and I assume it's Greek writing a. Forgot what the A is. Uh-huh, that's Alpha Phi Alpha, my husband's an Alpha. Yeah, see? I know the Alpha symbol, that's how I remember. And alpha symbolizes a lot to me because I like Alpha from the Greek composer Angelis. But okay. so there's yeah. little bits of inspiration I see just by looking behind you. And I don't always pick out what I see in behind the guest because I think it's about the guest journey, but I can see. A bloom, you know, it's little pieces that makes you unique. Mm-hmm. And that's what the bottom line is. You are unique. Yes. And, right. and I have to say that, like I said, journeys are not meant to be that way. Me talking to people, talking about journeys is, yeah, we do this, we do that, you do this. Uh-huh. Yes, I've got the script, you know, about who you are. Yeah. I don't follow that. I don't. I just read a bit about you, and then I let you do the talking. Oh, you let me do the talking. Okay. Because, I, and I, and then I chip I have in a few words, <laughs> and then I chip in accordingly. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So. so yes. Well, I'm. I'm glad. I am glad to be here, and. I would like to just begin by asking you, you, do you have any secrets, David? I have to. 
You do? I have done, yeah. For the, yes. I, know, I, know, I know secrets can be tormented at times, can be blessing, but my time has been tormenting. Yours have been tormenting, you say? Yeah. Yeah. I ask you, not just being nosy, but to make the point that what I have discovered in this journey of unraveling things in my own life is I found some research from Columbia University about secrets. It was a huge study. And they found that everybody carries at least 13 categories of secrets. Everybody's walking around <clears throat> with secrets. And another thing that came out of that study, and I talk about this in, in my book, is that something happens called mind wandering. They say that when we have quiet moments, our mind will wander right back to one of those secrets and bring it right to the forefront of your mind right now. So not only does that recollection come back, but the emotions or the negative thinking or the harsh words that were said to you <clears throat> or that traumatic event and that pain, all of that emotional baggage can come back with that secret to the forefront of your mind and affect your present moment. And that, that just uh, shocked me. I wasn't aware that that was happening to me. And I had already been on a quest, on my own quest to uh, discover peace and um, to get rid of the things that were holding me back. And so taking that effort, coupling with the awareness that I do have secrets and they are affecting me even if I don't know it in the moment. If I can't explain why I'm feeling anxious or my stomach is kind of you know, getting upset um, and I'm feeling stressed and there's no apparent reason, now I know that things that I'm carrying are affecting me now. And those secrets held me back. We still try. I don't think we'll ever get past that. Hmm. But that's that's kind of um, it's it's my experience, and it's what I write about in the book. That had to be told. This book is my statement. This book is my message to the world. Because I want people to be aware of what's happening to them. I want people to know that it's possible to proactively reach back there into the past and pull out these secrets, these uh, events, these moments 
to pull them out and hold them to the light and look at them for what they are. Examine them. See who were the actors involved in the moment. What were you feeling? Why did you make that decision? Uh, that you can do that. And once we have done that, we can put things in perspective. Once you just bring, if you just bring it out and call it for what it is, that's some release right there. It's an emotional relief that you experience. Not only emotional relief, but somehow it kind of breaks the chain. It breaks the pull that that secret had on you. Um, the re that same research said that the best way to handle secrets is to express them, to mm -hmm. talk about them. And that coupled with what I had already been doing in my own life, trying to be free, I, this book was born. Mm -hmm. I have I'll a copy of the cover of it right here. Can I share that for a second? You can. So you can see it? Yeah. Let's see, you have to let me share. You know how to turn yeah. it on and let me share? <laughs> the joys <laughs> of technology not working when you don't want <laughs> it to work. <laughs> I know technology. It's been around it all my life, but say it, it's still saying disabled sharing. So whenever you, if you can turn that on on your end to let me share, I, I'll I do think, it. But I, if, I, if think, you... I think I think wait, I haven't wait, uh, share. I can give you a uh, take an image should... of it for your take your notes. Okay, take it. You should take allow it. Okay, yeah, Nasty. See the screen. Mm -hmm. Okay, here it is. Right there. Can you see that? Yeah. That's my book cover. I'm so proud of it. It came out about December. Mm. And uh, the book will actually launch in July. Mm -hmm. And um, there's just so much meaning in the image uh, and the colors for me, and I'm really and excited it, about that. And I like how it just stands with the silhouette of the lady. I know it's a lady, we can say that. No. For the people listening, it's a lady on the poor background, and she's just embracing the moment by walking into the light. Yes. She sees that light. She's experiencing that light. Yeah. She's covered by that light. The light is in her. Yeah. The light is in her. <laughs> Thank you for letting me share that. No um, I, you know, I may seem a little giddy and excited about it because this is all really new. Um, I, I never imagined that I would write a book. I never thought that I'd be interviewed. You know, by you, David, and mm. others. Um, this um, um, has come about just kind of a natural unfolding. And I feel as though I'm, I'm walking and I'm doing things that uh, I feel moved to do. And one door after another is just 
opening up right along the way. And I'm saying, okay, Lord, I'll go in. I'll go in because mm-hmm. I, be- I believe I have a message uh, for others about their secrets and the power that secrets have, have in their lives. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to just keep talking, David. Do you have something you want to ask her? No, it's just that I find it inspiring because, as I told you, the journey in life is never simple. Yes, it is for some things, but when you Mm. have secrets, those secrets hold you back from potentially living the journey that you would want to be because it diverts you, it deviates you, it tells you to take diversions. Now, even when you, but even when you have a straightforward life and you have no secrets, there, there mm-hmm. is still diversions. That's the bottom line. What people have got to remember: you can't mm-hmm. have a straightforward life. That's true. Life is just not like that. Mm. It's just not like that. Life is unpredictable. And, uh, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. And it can be, you know. It's, very, you know, I learned myself over the years. I'm 40 this year, and I learned, and it's never easy. You know, if you ask me, and this is how I was in 2010, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I'm not saying I've done podcasting since 2010, but my experience in media has been since 2010, and... You know, of the people, I will say this because I know he does listen in his own way. My old boss, mm-hmm. he used to say to me, I remember when I first met you and you was a shy, withdrawn person that wouldn't say I to anyone. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, when my last one was 2017, fast forward seven years. Mm-hmm. He says, I've seen a change in you. And I'm like, that's because I developed myself as a person to be better. Yes. And, you know, only recently he recommended me on LinkedIn for my work, what I did for that radio station, because he recognised me for what I did. Now it's 2023, you know, 13 years later, my journey mm-hmm. hasn't completed, but I'm now in spare time interviewing people, exploring people's journeys, because I've been on a journey. Mm-hmm. I've had my secrets, like you, we're talking about your secrets, but mm-hmm. I've moved on, I've progressed, I've matured. Yes. I've learned from people, mm-hmm. and that's where I see myself now. Mm-hmm. And, and David, if, if I may, I've done a little research on YouTube. You're allowed to. (laughs) So, and you told me you've had secrets. You have secrets. Uh, We all do. Mm. But just like in your work at the station um, and your boss told you that you were kind of shy when you first came in and now Mm. look at you. So what happened to you? Were you in the beginning was it that secret or one secret or one thing in your past that made you uncomfortable or insecure or or not uh, 
you know, willing to dare and try something new. So you, you got there and you were shy and you didn't want to let anybody know what. What did you not want people to know? Well, well, certain things held me back. And I was always lying to myself. So that was the biggest secret. Because I, because, um, and this is me talking contextually now, because I have to look back. The way I look at it, I've always wanted to be showing that I am David. I always like to say I'm David and I'm wearing that badge saying, I am David. Now, I've been told over the years, David will be recognised for David if you just go around doing things quietly. If you go around saying, I am David with a big badge on you, people won't respect you enough for it. Which is true, because that's not me being me. At the time, and this is because Mm. I will go into how it is, because I was diagnosed with autism at the age of 18. Late in life, so I so I do advocate for autism and Mm -hmm. autism awareness. Not sponsored by for, so I can't say that. But, (laughs) um, (laughs) but yeah, I was always withdrawn. I was always afraid, and then when I did step in, I wanted to make myself look better, bigger than what I was. Now I can say I'm a bit bigger now because I do my own thing, but even then I still got yeah. to say it's about the guest, it's not about me, but I do relate to certain things. Sure. So so yeah, you did your research about me. That's the glossed over version where you can just see the baseline of David is this, David is that. Mm. Only when you talk to David you can unpeel yeah. to David and then you see the layers. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, there has been past trauma where things did go wrong, where I potentially could have messed up my life big style. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah. Don't get me why. I don't know why, but I've always came out of it and I came out stronger. But. Mm-hmm. That's why as I think the word is, and I think it, I've heard it a lot in loads of discussions, it's about seeking validation. Mm-hmm. And when you have mm-hmm. secrets, you try and seek validation, then when you feel comfortable, you talk about those secrets. So when you sort the person in, you say, yes, you can say, okay, I feel validated. I've said it, I trust you, it's my secret. Yes, there is relief and release there. Yeah. That's what you experienced, right? Mm. So, you know, it took, I was at the radio station for, well, mm-hmm. I started 2010, I left in 2017. I did things again for them from afar remotely for about six months a year. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, gone from the little shy 20, forgot how old I was at the time <laughs> but gone was those days where I was shy I'm able to talk people now I can look them in the eye because I never used to look at I was always like for people look, look, watch listening I'm looking down at myself because that's because how I was because I was I was always shy I didn't know what to do 
And then when it came to something big, I wanted to be big as the boss doing something big. You know, for example, the boss would say, okay, and it seemed like he was in charge, but then he had a little shadow trying to be just like him. The secret to that was I didn't need to be like him. I had to just be me. Yes. We don't have to be like others. We can just be who we are. Mm. I talk about that in the book. Just accepting myself for who I am. And I was just listening to you and thinking, like, when you when you first got there and you were shy, is it because you didn't want anyone to know um, something about you or you didn't have the skills and the know-how to be confident? You know, what... With, with the autism, and, it's a different thing altogether because, obviously... You know, not everyone's got the skill set to say, I can do it. Some autistic people like to say, I got it, and they got it. They do, they actually pick up quickly. But, yeah, you're talking about secrets. There were secrets before I did the radio where I wanted to be not disclosing because of what how it perceived. Now, I have openly talked about my mistakes nowadays because I do but the thing is what I've done I'm not proud of you're and not proud of what those mistakes the mistakes the, those mistakes that and then I did not you know I clam up I don't talk of it it becomes that secret and very few, and I try not to talk about it too much on po the podcast or anything because I don't want to scare people. But I was, like I said, what I can say is it was pre-9-11 and I was young and I was influenced, which I was, I was influenced because I was very naive at the age of about 17. And I let people control my thinking and I did it and it, got me into a lot of trouble and it could have been a lot more but I was let off I was warned I was extreme and that's I would say it legally because I have to say it the legal way I was officially warned don't do it again okay mm -hmm. and yeah I still made mistakes a few years when I got older but at the same time, traumatic events happen to me to make me do those things. You know, I will say one situation, and I have to make sure I put the explicit on when I edit this. I was sexually abused when I was 18. It still, does, it still doesn't excuse the fact that I did those mistakes, still did those things wrong. But when something traumatic like being sexually abused happens to you, you do things, you do things irrationally. You do things yeah. to shut off pain, whatever you want to describe it. Yes, it, um, it devalues you mm. it, it, in your own eyes, something traumatic like that. So you, you look at yourself differently. You, it breaks your confidence. 
It breaks your trust. It makes you um, not, com not comfortable because you're not aware of when you're in safe company or not. Mm. Um, so, and, uh, yeah. so, so the baseline, what you see of me, I don't know what notes you got of me, probably quite a few. You probably see no, my no, LinkedIn. No, 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 just a few, just a few, but I have seen LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. I saw LinkedIn, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do, and, I do. And, and LinkedIn is a good resource. And actually, I do know when people look at my LinkedIn, but that's not the story. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you see my LinkedIn, you know, I use that platform more than I use Facebook nowadays. Because I feel, I'm not saying Facebook or any other social media, even LinkedIn is good, but I use LinkedIn as a more positive way of being. I don't use Facebook per se. Yes, I do have a page out there, but it's managed by other people now, so it's maintained. But, you know, I go to my LinkedIn now on my phone so we can cross-reference it, you know, mm -hmm. right, you know, talking about me. You want that me to bring LinkedIn up on the screen? No, so it's fine, it's fine. No, okay. Okay. You say you read about my bio. I have had very little experience in mainstream work. And that's damaging in its own right mind because wait, which say that point again? Which which thing on the It says I if you read the about me. Uh-huh. It says I've yeah. very, had very little experience in mainstream work. Due to yes, not have yeah. No, due to never had a full-time job until 2021. Yeah. And now yeah. it's because when you're in England, they don't they try and encourage you to work, but it's never a work that would be sufficient to say you're capable of doing. They want you to be in that label of stigmatism of saying you're disabled, but you do this. They don't like to approach it in that way, and I'm not going political about it, but they do like yeah, to say, yeah. you're dislabeled, you're suitable for that work. Or if you go to a job, as soon as you say you're autistic, oh, sorry, bye, David, and turn you away. Mm -hmm. So then... Yeah. So people kind of put you in boxes <laughs> yeah. and, and hold you, keep you back. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, when I joined the radio, it says, in, you know, I provided vital support in the development and day-to-day -day production of the radio station. Mm -hmm. That was me being, as they called it, a broadcast assistant. Now, it may seem trivial, but the boss who was my support throughout the time at the radio, mm -hmm. he said, you're valued as much as being an on-air presenter because people rely on you to keep them going. Now, now I had no secret in this, but the fact what I say by that, there was a radio presenter, she, sadly she passed away. She was not my age or your age. She was in, uh, and I'm, I can hear her words now because I know she'll say it. She was a lady of age, a certain okay. age. Not young either, so you can work out what scale I'm talking about, so I'm being respectful still of her age. 
And okay. she always used to say, it's about show business, but it's about being you, because obviously she was an actress as well. And she used to do Friday afternoons on the radio. That was always her time. Every Since I knew her, her time was on a Friday. And just before 2017, I think it was, they said to her, can you move from a Friday to a Sunday? Which was more fitting mm-hmm. for the time, you know, for uh, music, because, the okay. you know, station, um, you know, schedule manager, whatever you want to call him, program director, said mm-hmm. her music was more of a Friday afternoon, lunch, okay. well, Sunday afternoon, lunchtime mm-hmm. slow, because it was a, uh, kind of music for it. it was in the mainstream music show so she right, said okay right. she said and i knew she didn't want to do it because she was so used to friday and mm-hmm. i said and i said to her what about if i came along and i helped you she said you sure you sure you give up your sunday lunchtime or afternoon because obviously i had to get there so it's afternoon she said, you sure you can spare your afternoon? I said, yeah, why not? And that gave her the positive ambition. Okay, I could do Sunday. Uh, yeah, you came alongside her to give her the support she needed. Yeah. Yeah, that was good, yeah. And I was her support, you know, and he encouraged me to, even though I was not meant to be the voice on radio, she got me to be the voice to come in and, she did a feature talking about reoming cats and dogs. And she used to read them herself saying, this is such and such, you know, for, you know, and she read it as it was. But I came in and I had a distinction to the dog. Or, I had a distinction to the mad cat. So, <laughs> you, <laughs> you so, I, it. <laughs> so I added fun to it. They yeah. knew it. They knew it's me. But that was my time to be on air the only time i was meant to be on there unless i was helping her and her common thing was david david and she was talking on air and you mm-hmm. all you heard now and again was david can you come in here a minute? and then she got me coming in so i owe that person values you know she had her secrets too yeah. don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but she had her values and that's mm-hmm. where i learned to be valued just be yourself just be yourself. And it's like, I think we're most like ourselves when we are around people that we don't have to pretend with. Yeah. And when no. you're pretending, that's where the secrets will always manifest in your head. Because they you can't be. But you have to make like a conscious decision, I found, to um, do the work along the journey to get really kind of get the skill of not being afraid to look at what is this that's holding me back? Why am I, why am I not going for this job promotion? Why don't I write a book? Why can't I? All those kind of statements that we're making to ourselves. But if we can begin to tackle these secrets. And that's and I talk about that in the book. I talk about the effects of the secrets on us physically, mentally, emotionally. 
I go on to ask the question because I'd imagine people want to know, well, why should I share? If I tell <clears throat> my weaknesses or my faults, my shortcomings to people, they're going to try to take advantage of me hmm. or they won't care or I'll be judged and I'll feel ashamed. Mm. And that can happen to you over over again throughout life until you stop the cycle and pull it out and look at it. And one of the reasons why it is important for you to share certain secrets is because of that release and relief that I'm talking about, but because it, you eventually begin to run out of excuses of why I'm not being me. And you dare to state your opinion. I was in, uh, I'm a journalist and for a long time. I, I don't know if I was the only one or what, but I felt like I'm supposed to be objective. I don't take sides. I tell both sides equally. And mm. it was just one of my values. It just was just in me and a part of me. I did not develop opinions politically. I, I mean, I would vote, but I, I didn't like argue the issues with people. I was trying to stay this objective journalist. And when I finally got stopped doing, um, you know, writing in that way and things got quiet. I, all of my stuff started flooding back in and it, I sat down. I literally sat down in front of the computer. My kids were in school all day. Husband was at work and I'd just be at the computer. I, I stopped working for a spell because I was too afraid I didn't think, I was afraid of expressing who I was. There's no, no boss, no news director telling me, you know, no, this, you know, you've got to balance this out. Nobody was telling me that anymore. And so I was left with just, who am I? What do I think about that? What do I think about politics? What do I think about art? You know, what do I think about life? What do I think about relationship? You know, I had to begin to choose what I wanted to take on as a belief. And I'm just so grateful that what I was exposed to, what I exposed myself to were positive things, uplifting thoughts, mm. um, uh, prayer. Um, and I started speaking up a little here and there and it got easier over time i'm mean, it's taken a long time i am well in age now i feel and only in the last like three or four years have um, i decided that you know what i'm done with this i am done holding myself back I have ideas. That's why I have that yellow light bulb back there. That little light is so important to me because I'm a brainstormer. People don't always know how to handle folks who have a lot of ideas and a lot of energy. Um, 
I'd have to tone that kind of stuff down so that I could be accepted. And, um, but now I have this book. I'm on a podcast. I have, uh, I'm an entrepreneur now. Uh, these things never would have happened five years ago. Uh, but it's all because I decided, and, and you know, I use the term secrets. People call them different things, you know, our past, our baggage, all kinds of things. But I think we all know and understand when we hear that catchphrase, you need to get that off your chest. I need to lift this burden. We hear that. And that's what it's talking about. It's that, that burden of the baggage of secrets that's weighing you down, but it doesn't have to. I wish people knew that they could stretch and grow and create and do and enjoy and observe and all these wonderful things about life um, that they can participate in life freely. Now, it doesn't mean everybody's going to accept you or like you or like what you're promoting or what you're doing. But, but I can say, you know what, that's okay that you don't like it. That's okay. But I love it and I'm going to continue. And I didn't have that confidence before. Mm -hmm. I have it now. And, and I just pray to keep it, to hold on to it, to protect this new emergence of life and energy and freedom. And yeah. I, you know, put on the cover of the book, how letting go sweetens life and makes you free. And there is a sweetness to me now about life uh, that has come because I'm not afraid to say who I am and what I like and don't like or even tell you a secret or two of mine, I'm not afraid anymore. And I, I would like others to experience that and know that they can. Yeah. yeah. So you talk about, and you spoke about it in a neutral way. You had to be a political neutral in everything you do. You know, when you talk about yourself and you have secrets, you've got to remain neutral because you don't know which mm -hmm. way people will take it. That's right. As a so, journalist, they depend on you to, at least we used to. I don't know about journalism today, it's a little, huh? but that's true. In the training I did, I was always told to remain impartial. Yeah. That, that's one of the tenets of journalism. Um, to remain impartial, but but I took it personally. I got into TV when I was 18 years old and I was on the news with a microphone reporting the news live at 19 years old. And so, and I was in college learning, you know, studying journalism at Trinity. At the same time, I was doing journalism live on the air. And so, you know, so I was learning and living it out, learning and living it out. And I was learning about being impartial, objective, fair. And um, that's what I tried to be. But I was so young that these lessons were like, oh, this must be how life is. Oh, this is life. This is how it is. I, I don't express my opinion. I, don't, I didn't say, this is my job. I'm putting on the journalist hat. Now I'm impartial show take it all now I'm gonna tell you how I really feel I didn't have that it was all mixed together 
And I thought that was who I was. Mm. And when you're concerned about, like, I had a helicopter mom <laughs> who liked to tell me what to do and kind of control the direction in my life for a while there. Uh, I had to be concerned about ratings. Are the viewers going to tune in? Will they like me? You know, do I look right? Am I wearing the right thing? Am I saying the right thing? I'm just worried about everybody's opinion um, so that I can please everybody because that was how I coped, pleasing everybody. Being a people uh, pleaser. Mm-hmm. That's, a bad, that's a bad one. Mm. It's, I think that is really one of the worst. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, going into, we talked about the past, about your earliest memories, we talked about the present. Yeah. Obviously, the future is included in your book. But mm-hmm. what is the future, do you feel, for secrets and how people will perceive secrets? Mm-hmm. See, you mean how they will perceive the book or their own secrets? Their own secrets. Mm-hmm. I hope this book... And my story within it will let them know that secrets, they can roar loudly from behind you, from someplace intangible that you can't see. But they will roar at you. You can't do that. Who do you think you are? That's not for you. Don't you know what neighborhood you came from? (laughs) Don't you know what your your health condition is, don't you know you're disabled? You can't, you can't do that. So find something you can do. I've been dismissed like that. And I believed it, I mean, and it just piles on. on. Mm. And so we have to begin somewhere to start unpacking this stuff. Um, I've taken a lot of it at one time and made a decision about it, handed it over in a spiritual way and decided that I'm taking on and believing the truth about who I am, that I am loved and accepted already. And I love and accept myself. And the world is always going to throw at you negativity evil and doubt it's always going to throw that at you that's just the way that's just the world i think our expectations can be managed in a way that we recognize that if i'm putting my hope out here somewhere in the world that's not where i'm going to find quote unquote true validation that's not where i'm going to find the support um the empathy, the care, the the investment of time and love. It's not gonna be out there. It's It's gotta start in here because I have to recognize it when I see it. And after a while, you just kind of train yourself to get used to sensing things and sensing people. And if they're safe people, if they are safe to be around, one of the things that I suggest in the book is that you should find a confidant. It's one of the things. Somebody trustworthy, somebody you can trust, 
to open up and share your secret to whatever degree you want, but just to take the first step to open up and get it out. And there is immediate relief, immediate relief. And I hope that your listeners will consider, consider my book, my story. You know, I'm not a psychiatrist or a therapist or anything, but I have walked a long, hard road and I have found a way to get that baggage off my heart and out of my lips. And I'm learning to speak what I know is the truth about me. It's done one more thing. It's really opened me up to be able to recognize other people. I'm not afraid to lift you up, David, or other people. I'm not afraid to speak of the good and wonderful things about you. It 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 takes nothing away from me to encourage you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But people sometimes, you know, they want to hold back. I don't want to give anybody an advantage over me. Life doesn't have to be like that. We can love freely and share. And I just I hope that people will choose not to let their secrets hold them back. Thank mm-hmm. you. And your book, I assume, is up, will be available or it's on pre-order available now. Amazon, Barnes & Noble. No, actually not. <laughs> so it's Go not on. there yet. Not there yet. Okay, so I've got the manuscript. The publisher and I are tightening it up. So in about two or three weeks, I'm going to have a pre-publication copy. And at that time, I am going to ask, uh, you know, f- friends or uh, people who s- see what I'm doing and take an interest in the book to uh, read it and write an endorsement. And what I'm going to do now, I'm able to do now, um, the book will launch in July. But for this pre-publication copy, I've set it up where the first 100 people um, who get in touch with me, and I'll tell you how, to get in touch with me can get a copy, a pre-publication copy of The Secret You Hide Holds You Back. And all I'm asking is that you write a little feedback. Just give me an endorsement. Tell me what you thought of the book. And and the important thing I'm looking for is just their opinions about the importance of the topic of dealing with our secrets, managing our secrets, so they don't try to take control of us. So, so I'll uh, give you that. Uh, so you know, that address. People, so how can people get hold of you to do this? Mm-hmm. So what I'd like to do, David, is um, I'll give you a link. So how I have it set up is it's a Calendly link. And they come on, they book just a 10-minute real quick uh, Zoom with me. You know, I, I meet them. I get their contact information. And then I send them an electronic copy of the book. And, you know, we'll talk about when I would need their responses back and so they get the book that way they can get the book that way and i'll make sure the link is in the description after yes. post edit 
Yeah, you would. I'd appreciate it. And you can send that to me by email if it's possible. Yeah, I can do that. Thank you. So, one last thing. Mm -hmm. What, What would you want to say to people to help them grow as a person? To grow as a person? I think I would like to say one of the things that has been so rewarding uh, throughout my life, and even as I've been dealing with secrets, is journaling. You know, not everybody likes to write. That's true. I can understand that. But there are times when if you would allow yourself to sit down with that pen and paper, and I ask you to do this in the book as well, but but sit down and begin to express what's on your heart, what's troubling you. You know, just the first thing that kind of comes up, what's, what's pressing you the most, just write about it, right? How you feel, what happened, you know, who said what to you, how did you respond? Just kind of looking and observing things. Um, I have a, I don't want to call it a ritual. I don't like rituals. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I, I say that because I don't like um, the disappointment that comes when I set a rule and then I, and I don't do it. Well, I forget, you know, and then I'm now I'm down on myself because I didn't do it. I said I don't do it. So I don't, I just don't call it a ritual, but I like to get up in the morning and I'll sit in the front room by the window and look out and see the sunrise with my journal and I pray. I write out my prayers and I write what's on my heart. I laugh, I cry, I'm thankful, grateful, all these things. And that has sustained me in so many ways. Even while I, I wasn't aware the secrets was doing this to me, I still wrote about the secrets. Hmm. I still wrote about the secrets. And I think my growth was taking place all along. So I would invite your listeners to consider the journaling. The real gift of it is to be able to pick up like my 12 journals from over the years and flip back through the pages and see how far I've come. That's a gift when you can see that doesn't even bother me anymore. I'm through, I'm past that. And you see the growth, it's like this works. Definitely. It has been a pleasure talking to you about your book. It's been a pleasure talking to you about you today. And David, it has been my pleasure to get to know you. Thank you. That was The Journey, hosted by Wise Words Imaging, hosted by David Hackett. Be sure to like, subscribe and listen to another journey coming soon.